season one, episode one. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Rappers in the game, I just been trying to ration. Uh, so many talkers, I've been quiet, actions, actors, captions. Yeah. Thanking Yahweh for the holy flow that's everlasting. Still got plans to land on hella pads, just shit the basket. They hella mad, I'm still that nigga for whoever's asking. I should wear a jacket that reads on the back. Blame the skin for all police harassment. Yeah. Shout out my people who still free and lasting. Yeah. Don't ever stop until the change is drastic. They killing niggas at the drop of a hat. 86 and cats like breaking his back, but still we survive. So when they say it's too late, they spoon feeding lies. From the ashes, I just wanna see my people rise. We make them nervous, you can see their eyes searching, projecting the sole purpose of keeping these blacks serving. Why? Bait cars and catches, hate cops arrest us, leave scenes on stretches or chest shots to check us. thought if I'm tripping, stop. But I never seen a Jew shake hands with a Nazi. When I left this country in 1948, I left this country for one reason only, one reason. I didn't care where I went. I might have gone to Hong Kong, I might have gone to Timbuktu, I ended up in Paris, on the streets of Paris. With $40 in my pocket on the theory that nothing worse could happen to me there than it already happened to me here. You talk about making it as a writer by yourself, you had to be able then to turn up all the antenna with which you live because once you turn your back on this society, you may die. You may die. And it's very hard to be a typewriter and concentrate on that if you're afraid of the world around you. The years I lived in Paris did one thing for me. They released me from that particular social terror, which was not the paranoia of my own mind, but a real social danger visible in the face of every cop, every boss, everybody. I don't know what most white people in this country feel, I can only include what they feel from the state of their institutions. I don't know if white Christians hate Negroes or not, but I know that we have a Christian church which is white and a Christian church which is, which is black. I know, as Malcolm X once put it, that the most segregated hour in American life is high noon on Sunday. That says a great deal for me about a Christian nation. It means that I can't afford to trust most white Christians and certainly cannot trust the Christian church. I don't know whether the labor unions and their bosses really hate me. That doesn't matter, but I know I'm not in their unions. I don't know if the real estate lobby is anything against black people, but I know the real estate lobbies keep me in the ghetto. I don't know if the Board of Education hates black people, but I know the textbooks that give my children to read and the schools that we have to go to. Now, this is the evidence. You want me to make an act of faith, risking myself, my wife, my woman, my sister, my children, on some idealism which you assure me exists in America, which I have never seen. Yo. I love James Baldwin so much. Yeah. Shout out to James Baldwin. Fun fact, we have the same birthday. So I feel like <laughs> that's one of my ancestors I'm truly connected with. Whew. Well, let's, let's intro this the right way. Hello, everybody. This is the first episode of the Kale and Cognac podcast. Yeah, we're super excited to finally get this off the ground. Yes, yes, for sure. We have been marinating on this idea of starting a podcast for upward of, what, a year A year or two? and some change, yeah. 
So excited to finally have this manifest into something exciting and amazing. For sure, yeah. Quarantine put us in place, uh, for lack of better terms, and we just had to figure out other ways to create. And once we sat down and thought about it, it was like, this is the perfect time for the podcast. Yeah, and I would even add unapologetically and organically create um, as a team, as a unit, as a partnership. Um, so let's let's get into what our podcast is about or why why we started a podcast before we get into Absolutely. our introductions. Yeah, so kick it off. So Kale and Cognac, um, as the title suggests, are seemingly two opposite paraphernalias, for lack of a better term. But they're both beneficial for black people. But they are. They both have a, a space in black culture. Um, and I think Kale and Cognac represents who we are as opposites on paper. You know, our resumes are very different. Our upbringing is very different. But we connect on so many different fronts and we create a balance. Yeah. And I, I mean, and that's something that Dom always talks about and profess. And I'm a big proponent of that as well. Like, you could be black and healthy and still sip yak. Like... Uncle oh. Shay Shay. Uncle Shay Shay. Yeah. Or you can, you know, you can meditate, but still smoke a blunt or listen to 21 Savage if you want. Like, it's not just one linear thing to being black, conscious, healthy, or just like living in this space. Yeah. I think we're both excited to use this podcast as a platform to explore um all the different layers of blackness to be raw with our conversation to make mistakes um to talk about everything <laughs> to talk about everything from relationships to politics to education yeah. to you know being a black woman in this space him being a black man just our upbringing just everything we want to talk about everything under the sun and you know, perhaps shift the consciousness of, of what it means to be black as a creative, uh, just creative partners. Absolutely. So I think um, what we may need to do is just to give people a brief introduction of ourselves. And um, me being the gentleman that I am, I would love for you to go first. Yes, you being the fake introvert that you are. <laughs> uh, hey, y'all. So my name is Dominique. Dominique Drake Ford. I was going to say, if you're nasty, y'all was trying to do a Janet Jackson. That just didn't work. Uh, but uh, You dropped the ball on that one. I know, I know. Um, I'm from Oakland. Uh, I was born in Seattle, but let's not go there. I'm, I'm full bred in Oakland. Um, I, I guess in terms of my resume... I have a digital platform called Melanin Ass, which virtually amplifies the voices of black and brown indigenous communities across various realms of sustainability, including fashion, beauty, wellness, uh, land justice. I'm also the co-founder of an initiative called Sustainable Brooklyn, which is an organization that bridges the gap between the sustainability movement and targeted communities through various focused events and resource outputs. And I would say as a whole, uh, I consider myself, I guess, a cultural 
influencer, and I hate that term, but using my voice and my work and my knowledge and my skill sets to dismantle larger systems to the best of my ability while working to build um, community and challenge the norms of what it means to be sustainable. Um, so yeah, well, I'll leave it there. Well, <clears throat> that was that was deep. Okay, so hello everybody. My name is Timothy Smith. I am born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, by profession, I am a photographer, a portrait and fashion photographer. Um, what else? I'm a extreme advocate of being black, being balanced. I'm a stream advocate of what else am I a stream advocate of? I would like I feel like a lot of different things, but actually I would say this. Um instead of saying I'm a stream advocate for it. I'm a big proponent of like I guess we spoke on about it a little bit earlier, not being linear. Like so okay, I'm from the hood and I'm a photographer, which is also kinda like a weird juxtaposition as it is, but I'm also into coffee. I'm into cycling. I'm into anime. But if you talk to me the wrong way, I might feel compelled to smack the shit out of you at the same time. <laughs> and I think, like, that's the experience of being black. You have to wear so many different hats in America. And you just have to kind of, I guess, fit in where you get in. And for the most part, people try to stereotype us as being one way. But it's like, I know a lot of people from the hood right now that probably might um, you might have a long day with them with uh, if the wrong circumstances happen, but they're also super gentle and super sweet and, like, are into woodworking and gardening. Like, I, def I definitely know somebody that would probably kill you, but would build you a fire-ass desk off of it. And I think that's, like, the beauty of it. So, yeah, and I guess that's it for right now. Well, we'll get deeper into my life as the podcast, as season one progresses. Yeah, I was going to say, Tim got some some juicy layers that I think are so important and hey, critical. Ooh, 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 ooh. It's okay, you're an onion. You're an onion out here in these streets. No, nah, but I, I'm excited to, to dig deeper into the reality of, of who we are and how that plays into how we take up space in our you know world independently <clears throat> and collectively. Um. And then let's talk about our tagline a little bit. Our tagline is black and balanced. Black and balanced. So it's kale and cognac and then black and balanced. Yeah. What, what are you feeling, you know, with regards to Excuse being me. balanced as a black man on American soil right now? Uh, well, right now it's intense because I think we're in the space now where – Black people, people of color, and our white allies are all on the same board. Like, all right, enough is a fucking enough, right? So it's like a lot of times when we feel compelled to bite our tongue because we're in certain spaces and we're trying to get to the next level career-wise or in life, you kind of bite your tongue. You kind of let things go, and you kind of pick and choose your battles. Code switch one Yeah, code switch one one <laughs> But now it's kind of like, now fuck that shit, dog. Like, it is what it is. Like, this is what it is. You're fucked up. This is fucked up. I'm about to tell you about yourself. So, um, I don't know. It's like, I feel like, here's what I think. I feel like we've been trying to be balanced, quote unquote balanced in society for so long that right now, 
It's like we off that. Like, yeah. We it's like, just, who, are we, who are we being balanced for? That's, you know that's what, what I'm mean? trying to, like, who, yeah. Because when you talk about being black and being balanced, a lot of it is just conforming to white spaces. Facts, facts, facts. I can't express how much of a fact that is. And I, I almost think we need to reclaim what it means to be balanced for us, for us. On a personal, on an intercommunal, on a community level, we've been trying to, to, you know, balance our identity, um, in this sort of American ideology of doing. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I just think we have to to reclaim and reimagine what balance looks like for us, and especially as creative entrepreneurs redefining balance is is pivotal right now yeah and i'm still one of your taglines i feel like we're one of your ideologies for us as black people being balanced right now we're just in life is finding a way to be more connected with earth with mother nature okay okay so i'm not even in the look Studying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love it. No, no, that's that's it's real. Because by nature, we're a spiritual people. Yeah, and our spirituality, just from a Afro-Indigenous um, point of view, is very much rooted in the land, rooted in the soil. Yeah. Um, and rooted in each other as a community, as a people. Exactly, and we have always been multifaceted. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've always been like that. We have never been linear people. Like you know what I mean? So. Uh, I think us now trying to conform to being something linear and not accepting the entire diaspora of our heritage and our history and our just ancestrally, ancestralness, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I just feel like we need to just embrace all of that. But then that's why you get the beautifulness, the um, diversity amongst blackness. Yeah. Because I know this may sound weird. There's different types of blacks. Oh, there. And you know And I know crazy? that sounds weird to like. No, it does. People who aren't black, but it's like. It does. Dog, there's different types of blacks. Moving to New York opened my eyes to just how vast the diaspora is. Like, yeah. I'm, I grew up in Oakland, grew up in a town, grew up going dumb, listening to. <laughs> listening. Mm. No, let's be clear. I, I listen to all genres of, of music. <laughs> Just like E40. But I was very into our Shout local music. Though. Shut the fuck E40 up. E40 a legend. Bro. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. He, he is. is a legend. He is. Every, and every artist respects him if they uh, know me what's too. good for him. Shit. Um, but what was the same? When I came to New York, um, just seeing the vast amount of Caribbeans that there were um, was eye-opening for me. Africans that there were here. Yeah. There's so many different ecosystems of black culture, and it was so dope. Um, however, I do think that there is a disconnect between our blackness because of colonial frameworks. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could have that discussion all, uh, at another point, but mm. a collective later on black season one. later uh, survivor. But uh, but yeah, I um I I think our balance definitely needs to be rooted in the land. I definitely think we need to 
dig into radical joy. We need to dig into mental health. We need to dig into tough conversations between absolutely black men and black women, between yeah. trans communities and black communities, especially black men and trans women and trans men. Like absolutely, it's between disabled communities and Muslim communities within the black diaspora. I just think we we're, we're so strategically disconnected that I think yeah. a big part of our balance is connecting with one another unapologetically in a way that we haven't been doing the best job at. Yeah. And just for the record, I'm going to say it my way because I'm not politically correct, but if you're a real nigga and you say black lives matter, that includes cis transgender, uh, anybody else a part of the LGBTQIA community, uh, you said disabled, Any, if you say Black Lives Matter, you're saying that you, you are, you mean all lives that are black, not just a Oh, you cut that type. one close. I heard the all lives no, that no, are no, black. Not a chance. <laughs> you're including all black lives, not just this one segment of black lives you know what i'm saying so when i say black lives matter and black people i love you i mean everybody i don't care about your i don't i don't judge you based on your sexual preference or yours or whatever gender you identify if you're black i love you yeah That's absolutely it. absolutely i have no i have no intentions of even debating that with anybody yeah and it's it's fucked up that there is even a debate um but I also think it's imperative that we know that that should be a closed collective conversation and it should not be conflated with the larger systems that we're fighting. Like trying to fix what's happening in our community amongst um, black folks because we have a lot of our own shit to deal with. Absolutely. That should not be um, conflated with the larger systems, the larger colonial systems that we're trying to fight. Absolutely. And black men, you got to stand up for black women more. That, that I, I've also shit, that might be a whole nother I, podcast. Yeah, that's by a whole itself. nother episode. That's that, it has to be episode five, <laughs> season <laughs> season three. I can't, I'm not. I can't with you. Um, no, but yeah, that's something. I mean, but I don't think we're natively taught that. No, because that's something I had to learn myself. Because I'm a doer and not a shower, so sometimes, sometimes you got to show and do. Can't just be one or the other. Yeah. So, um, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, I, that's all. I, that's I. I want to save my thoughts on that yeah, for yeah, a yeah. deep dive. Yeah, because and I think we should have like different people besides just you and I here. Yeah, if you're into that. Word. No, no, no. I'm I'm here for that. I'm here for that. I'm here to have that collective con conversation. Yeah, it's definitely a collective conversation. Um, but that's a big part of balance is yeah. the protection and the amplifying of voices um for black women who fucking gave birth to all absolutely. life at the end of the day absolutely and when that um happens us as the men that will be here gotta shut the fuck up and listen and then when it's time for us to express ourselves like we can't say shut the fuck up and listen but it's time for y'all to listen too like we both yeah. just need I just said that to say that like we both just need to listen to each other. Absolutely. Don't absolutely. listen to what she's always don't listen to respond. Right. Just hear it to feel it. Absorb it. You know, yeah. Absorb it. 
Yeah, no, and and just the same. I think I think black women need to be able to listen to the challenges of black men or cis black men. I think there a lot of our issues stem from not actually having deeply penetrating conversations with one another. Um, and so we, it, it's, look, divide and conquer has been real within our community. Again, I'm, I'm already digging into that yeah, conversation. Yeah, okay, sorry. But, we're going to we'll get back to that a little date. Yeah. I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be really fun. No, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be healing, too, I think. Yeah. To have that that conversation. So funny enough, because uh, I was so excited about this being the first episode, uh, I wrote down some production notes, and on this, oh, have we even looked at the? No, no, not really. Take but a look. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I felt like we had a conversation about. Just wrote it down, but like meditation practices, and I don't know. Maybe that might be something to talk about because. I feel like shit. You need some type of something that's tranquil for a couple of minutes a, a day if you're black in America. You need some type of space where you, and regardless whether I feel as a whether your meditation is a traditional one where you're sitting in silence or it could be reading a book, it could be riding a bike, it could be playing video games, it could be whatever it is that brings you that peace and tranquility. Yeah, no, I I agree wholeheartedly. I, I'm a big believer in energy of the day and i think with black people who deal with so much on a daily basis um it's so important every day for us to be grounded in some level of positivity um so that the world around us does not consume our energy does not consume our thinking does not consume our work does not consume our life's passions. And so I think meditating or any any form of connection with self, and I don't want to be the one to tell you what, what works for you. It, it just depends on who you are. But some form of connection with self is important. I'm definitely sad on you right now. Okay. What? No, sad. Why are you sad? No, no, no. Go ahead. Because yeah. well, I, I advocate for journaling and meditation. No, no, because you said whatever works for you. Oh, God. Well, what works for you, Timothy? No, what obviously what works for me is whatever you say works. No, no. Let's be be <sighs> transparent. Go for it. No, I'm, I'm talking shit. But Video games? No, not just that. Uh, to be honest, riding my bike is probably uh, yeah. the most peaceful thing in the world. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And um, after that, it will be photographing. But I, I'm also a weird person because, like, I'm a photographer. Well, you know? photographing, but you photograph people, so that's an energy exchange. Yeah, and I was to say. That's not necessarily. Yeah, so maybe I would just keep it at riding my bike. Um, I think when we first met, we were meditating. Yeah, we, we meditated were meditating a lot. when we first met, which means you were faking. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but um, that is something I am definitely I definitely want to get back into, for sure. Um. I don't know. I just feel like even when I do meditate, the very few times where I, I traditionally meditate, I'm going to say it like that, um, I am definitely more level-headed, and I'm just more chilled, and I'm able to gather my thoughts. Journaling is a big thing, though. Yeah, literally. I love journaling. Literally. Even am, amongst the pandemic, 
90% of what I wrote down in my journal at the beginning of the year, I, let's say I think I wrote down, I said 90, let's say 70%. I wrote down 10 things. Seven of them things became true already. Yeah, manifestation. Yeah, and that's like even during the pandemic. Yeah. So now granted, it might have came in a different way than I expected it to. Right. And it, it wasn't clear cut. It wasn't like, I'm going to do this and, it ha- and this happened. No, but it came and I'm a thousand percent sure that everything I wrote down is going to happen. Yeah, I think it's a good and habit cool of thought. That. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, okay. No, go ahead. It's very beneficial. <laughs> Even for, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to speak to all, I'm going to speak to the men and whoever identifies as male. If you're black, whether you're from the hood, you're not from the hood, this and the third, write write it down. If you have an idea, write it down. Why? And if you really want to achieve that, you need to write it down. Yo, don't quote me, but I'm quoting a quote, but don't quote me on a quote that I'm quoting. Okay. You, you got to listen fast to catch up. Uh, okay. Wait, what Tim was it? Drop them gems. I did. Pick that up. Pick that up. Ah, fuck. I forgot it already. <laughs> it's like what it says a dream with no plan is not a goal or something like that. You know what the fuck I'm trying to say. I've seen this quote somewhere and it was like, damn, I really resonate with it because it's like, we're going to look it up and I'm going to say it properly. But you have to write it down. You have to have some action to it. That's another thing. You can't just write it down and expect it to happen. Right. You have to write it down and apply the work. You know what I'm saying? And then you'll see the results. I remember like a couple of years ago, I think this was the time when you were in Ghana and I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Zulu and fuck, I forgot the other guy's name. And Muhammad. Some wild, crazy shit. So a friend of mine it's like, hey, do you want to photograph this kid? He's just came over here. He wanted to start modeling. So I photographed him and some dude, him and some dude named Zulu came. And literally, I think it's, we photographed like two, like an hour. We ordered Chinese food. I remember it vividly. We all had Chinese food. And we just started talking about what we wanted. And we watched this movie on Netflix called The Secret. It was about a book called The Secret. And it's all about manifestation and everything. So it's kind of like The Alchemist. But I guess it's like a little bit of a deep dive. And I haven't seen Zulu since. I do know that he said he wanted to move from Texas to New York. He achieved that. And literally everything that we spoke about that day that he said he wanted to do, I seen it whether it was via Instagram or whatever, I seen him achieve all of it. And I never feel like I'll never forget that moment. Like this random fucking guy I met, just like at the crib. You know, I don't even let people in the crib if I don't know you. Some reason the energy was just cool with everybody. I let him in the crib and like, like while we haven't spoken, it's no beef or nothing. We haven't spoken since then. But I'll never forget that exchange of energy. Like, he was just a positive black dude. Like, yes. and I, I fuck with it. And Muhammad was too. Shout out to Muhammad. It, it's like stories like that just remind me how fucking magical black people are. Yeah. The fact that we are so regenerative and can create w- within our respective spaces, despite all of the structural, institutional, um, internalized oppression, like, despite all of that shit. And even what James Bond was talking about, he he moved because the social terrorism was so fucked up. And him as an author, like he couldn't turn off the antennas of racism because he's a writer. But he did what he had to do to achieve magic. And black people do that. Like, yeah. I don't think 
sometimes I don't think we realize how fucking powerful we are. And that's an important part of balance is that level of resiliency. Absolutely. And uh, I know we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. We're probably not going to get to, but that, yeah, we never actually spoke about why we had the James Baldwin in the intro. Excuse me. But I feel like for a very shit, even now, now more than ever, I've been trying to convince and thinking about and Domino has been speaking about it. Because when Domino and I first met, we were like, all right, cool, we meet and we're having a good time, whatever. But like, what do you want? And I think the first thing that we just said, like, I don't want to raise a family in the U.S. And I think we both kind of said it at the same time. Like, it was number one on both our lists. Now things have changed since, you know, we've been together for a while and we started to plant roots and have a career. But it's like, when I heard that quote, I felt that. Yeah. And even now, more than ever, it's like, I've also seen um, black people leave the U.S., to go to these other countries. Uh, he went to France. He went to Paris, actually. Paris, London, certain parts of, on the continent of Africa. Like, and I think some moved to Germany. And like, they're all kind of like, nah, bro, like this is the way. Like, you don't understand how much racism affects your day-to-day in the U.S. until you leave. Now, granted, I'm not one of those people that don't think there's not racism everywhere there's there's an ism everywhere whether it's classism racism or whatever but just you know just just to not get shot by the cops it would be cool that's it you know i'm not even i'm just asking for basic shit yeah i'm not asking for basic shit tim is very (laughs) simple he's like honestly i just want to Yo, just don't shoot me and let me just let me live. I'll be alright. <laughs> Tim is so simple; it's crazy. I'm like, yeah, no. Nah. I'll, I'll figure out nah. the rest. Uh, yeah, that's my thing. I'll, I'm a hustler, so I'll figure out the rest. I'll make it work. Just yo, know, just just don't clap me, and I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not good. Like, I'm not about. I'm not with the equality shit. I'm not. I'm not. It, it's never. It's not enough. But I, I feel you. I, I think about. The, diff, the varying degrees of anti-blackness because we travel a lot. Yeah. And so, like, I've been to almost every continent with regards to South America. Weird flex, but okay. Bro, I hate you. Mm-hmm. I hate you. But, uh, nah, and just, and just gauging the... the Gauging what it feels like to travel while black is yeah. a very real thing, even in the motherland. It's anti-blackness is everywhere. And I think being able being able to check that meter and, and understand the degrees and just feeling the lay of the land is, is different. And obviously, like Europe started yeah. planted the seed of all this bullshit. Which is it's, it's crazy. So I'm not talking about all of Europe because I'm I'm not educated on all of Europe. To be honest with you, I haven't been to all of Europe. But it's weird. London, which is in Europe, which is you know the place that started all this shit. London to me seemed the most diverse and most and most chill. Yeah, I did. And when we went to Spain and stuff, and it's it's kind of weird, right? Because like when you go here, you're African American, right? Quote unquote. That's that's what they leave you as. But when you leave, it's like once they find out, obviously you're black, so they look at you a little weird. But it's kind of crazy because once they find out that you're not African and that you're American, 
they'll treat you a little better. Yeah. Which is like the craziest shit ever. Yeah. I think for them, a lot of it, mm. just from my experience, is there's a lack of accountability, but in terms of how they act on racism is very different. Like how, how it's infused into the institutions is very different than America. Yeah. Um, but again, we diving into a whole nother convo because talking about travel and our experiences is and and where we see ourselves potentially is a mm. whole nother podcast. But it is I think traveling for both of us as creatives has been, again, a big part of balance yeah. for yeah. us. I don't know if that's a flex, but we've had to travel for work. We travel for inspiration. Oh, I yeah. know my Big carbon footprint is all type of fucked up, so all the environmentalists, y'all could come from my head. That's fine. Uh, whatever. <laughs> we here. Hey, it's a part of how I sustain myself, my household, and my family. Hey, sustainability. You need the coins. It's sustainable. <laughs> coins. Financial sustainability. But, uh... Truth be told, and I know we're going over many topics. Truth be told, <sighs> we need the sustainability of Mother Nature and Earth. But I personally feel like the number one thing that is going to help black people is financial sustainability. Absolutely. Um, now, how you get those coins, you got to have your own moral compass about that. I'm not going to judge you. But we need to figure out ways to circulate money, make money. Um, There's a whole nother episode, but... We got to start charging these editors. For all my creators out there, we got to start charging the mm. people that hire us the white rates. Mm. You know what I mean? We got to get the fair rates. Because the crazy thing is, I'm just going to throw crazy numbers out. Like, as a photographer, as a black photographer, I don't know, somebody offering you seven grand to shoot something. For a first couple of years, you're like, oh, shit. Like, this is it. But when you realizing your white counterparts is making 15 grand... And you, you're just as good, if not better, than them. You know what I mean? It's, you got to start quite. You got to start relooking at things. You got to start. Hey, look, if you want to use me, because a lot of it is using you. Mm-hmm. There's some um, publications that I've been working with, and I'm not a token. Like they actually hire other black people, and I really fuck with them. And I'll give some of them a shout out at some point. But like a lot of these publications, they're still the first black, first black photographers to shoot covers. Mm. That's a token. You're being used as a token. You better get them coins. Yeah. Yo, being a token, you gotta charge a token tax. <laughs> I need the tokenism yes, tax. Token tax. I need an extra Yo, we five racks. Token we tax. Token yeah, tax. we have to put that. With <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, and, that shit yeah. is real. We need the token tax. The token tax is real. I ain't mad at nobody. Get the money. Yeah, I think even in the sustainability space, we have to disassemble the idea that sustainability is just about the environment and social nah. issues. Like, the financial sustainability is very important, and financial sustainability is how uh, white people Capitalism and white uh, colonialism has been able to manipulate and exploit the black community. Yo, Hove said it the best. Oh, here I you can't go. help the poor if I'm one of them. Right. Right. I mean, 
it's 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 important because we don't uh, and I say this all the time, black people own less than 2% of the wealth in a country that they fucking built. Yeah. It's like crazy. It, it's one of the most, it's one of the craziest I- ideas to, to wrap your head around. And we are being forced in this system, this economic system where we intentionally aren't mil- meant to build because we don't, we're not allowed slash don't have the resources slash knowledge to own stuff, the resource, you know, capital, the knowledge and white people have made it so that they have the power across, you know, politics, the power across social institutions, the power across, you know, government and policy and, and, and everything. So I think part of creating sustainable systems is going to be about, building um, wealth, holistic wealth, doing it in a, you know, doing it in a earth-friendly way as much as possible, but building wealth um, amongst each other and creating our own circular economies globally, real, real talk. Absolutely. And, hey, look, white allies, we, we, we rock with you, but you got to, you know what I'm saying, stand up, talk more. Tim is so nice. Nah, not even. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'll say it. I'm just that's, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, y'all gonna have to pay us for real, for real. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. I did get a very, very. Let me see. I'm trying to say this without. I can say it without saying so her name. You're giving that look like you're about to flex. No, no, no. I got a very, very important, emotional, and a very appreciative text. From an editor. Mm. I'm not going to say, I, I can't say where she is, but I worked with her a few times and we talked about projects a lot. And yeah, that's what we need. She knows who she is. Yeah. And she'll probably hear this and appreciate that. And we need more people like that. Yeah. I would say this because she put this all over Instagram. Ash, um, she's an editor. I'm not going to say where, but like she was giving it up. Like, yo, white women, we got to use our privilege to help motherfuckers. Like, let's stop. Stop with this bullshit. If you talking about anything besides Black Lives Matter right now, you want some bullshit. And not even talking, like, action. And action, and yeah, yeah, action. She said that, too. I'm like, yeah, it, it, yo, your privilege has to go beyond the hashtag, she go beyond, you know, the shout-outs. And y'all, look, these coins need to be made, and I... I am grateful to be in a position where I am able to put other black women on as much as I can. Yeah. Like that's just a big part of who I am and what I love to do. Yeah. Um, because we deserve to make coins um, that gets filtered back into our own local economy. Absolutely. That is a form of Eco reparations. Eco reparations. <laughs> it is a form of eco reparations. Let's be clear. I like that. Let's be clear. I want to make your coins so that it gets put back into my family and my community so that we can build institutions. Absolutely. Transformative ones at that. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. I mean, look, let's be clear. We could have a whole look. A whole, yeah. And stop hiring <laughs> the same five black people for everything. Facts. That doesn't make Facts. you diverse. Facts. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. 
You know what I'm saying? I just, I just, we're gonna have a whole nother episode about that, probably with a bunch of other black creators, photographers, um, illustrators, designers, whatever. And when you look into those spaces, a lot of them tell you the same thing. They hire the same five black people, call it diverse, or what they'll do is they'll hire the black people to shoot the black shit. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. When when really you got to realize, like, we need black photographers or black anybody to shoot or do the black shit. But since we created pop culture and we're the catalyst, we're the catalyst that created pop cool. culture. We made everything cool. We can yeah. shoot any or I keep saying shoot because I know your world. Of yeah. Photography, but even in sustainability, we are the genesis of everything cool, everything trendy. Everything earthly, everything intellectual, everything like I'm not like I can't emphasize. We also it need a cool tax. We need that too. We also need an charge, emotional labor tax. You gotta charge emotional labor tax, the token tax, and the cool tax. Yep. All that like get added to everybody invoices. And then and then just add an extra tax on for reparations. Like every yeah, yeah, yeah. reparations should be bit. added on to everything. Come on, I just need a little invoice. Bit. It's on the invoice. Get a little bit of the invoice. I put the line there. Don't worry about it. Okay. Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous? We'll call it miscellaneous yeah, we'll call for you know for, for those who yeah. aren't ready to see the word reparations yeah. on an invoice. Yeah. When you see that miscellaneous, <laughs> you know. You, you know, know the vibes. You know the vibes. I don't got no receipts. What's up, man? Nah, that's real. Uh, we there's and there's so many of us who are great at so many things. So if you're a recruiter, or if it's your position to <laughs> hire folks, yeah, do your due diligence. That's do your it. research. No more fucking excuses. Facts. None. And um. Yeah, I don't know how long we've been talking, but I this know, is only the first over. episode. I know, I know, I know it, I know it. We love y'all. Um, we're going to wrap this up soon. Okay, what are your, let's let's end every podcast on sort of a final thought. So every, every theme, we have our final thoughts to wrap it up and potentially give the audience something to marinate in or invest okay. in. Okay, so since you speak better than me, you're gonna give. I don't speak better than. Yeah, you. it's okay, bro. This is good. You give them. <laughs> you wrap it up. Give them a nice one-two punch. I'm gonna give them tips on how to be black and balanced. Okay. All right. Cool. So, I guess my wrap up would be. In this heightened state of social terrorism, as James Baldwin calls it, um, and I'm thinking about all of the. The black authors I love, Octavia, Tony Morrison, Zora Neale, Maya Angelou. I think as black people, it's important to, number one, instill empathy. I think that has to be a, a very important aspect of balance when we're connecting with each other. Um, is, is come to one another with empathy. And also, uh, I think it's important to begin the various stages of re-educating ourselves on our culture, on our community, and how we can cross-pollinate ideas with one another. I think that's such a big part of being grounded and balanced as a black individual or as a black couple. And so I'll end it on sort of that, that paradigm. Yeah, I would have never said, I've never used the word, the word social terror together. So James Baldwin said it in the quote. 
Dude. Yeah, I know, but I've never used it in a sentence. It's okay, boo. <clears throat> so, for what I got, you want to be black, you want to be balanced. I'm going to give you one for every week. I love it. This week, <clears throat> we're going to go with the theme of the podcast. We're going to go with the title, Kale and Cognac. So, this is what we're going to do for all our black folks out there. For every one cup of that yak that you drink this week, you need at least two or three salads, baby. You got to do it right. I know that's right. You got to do it right. It don't got to be kale because some people don't like kale. I don't really like kale, but I love spinach and I like arugula. So what I need y'all to do for every eight ounce glass of drink that you make, you got to eat three salads, baby. That's yeah. it. You got to do the body good. Yeah, because, you know, this weekend is Juneteenth. That's it's right. That's a Father's fact. Day. It's also Summer Equinox all so in one we're weekend. Gonna get, we're going to so. get turned up this weekend. Well, best believe. Turn we, up on them grains. That's exactly. <laughs> best believe. I'm going to have some of that salmon, some of the chicken. I know some people are vegan. We're going to have some of that on the grill. But we're going to need some salads, baby. Yeah, I love need that. Some salads. I love it. And so I'm gonna, also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement this. This is straight off the dome. Yeah. We need more of this amongst the black community. I love you. Mm. Everybody. Black people. I love all of you. Dom, I love you too. We need to see more black love. Men, just learn to treat your women. Love your women. Mm. That's it. That's how I'm in every episode. I love you to everybody. Yep. And I'm going to just add, not only your women, but love the women in your circle of influence or women in general. Yeah, women in general. We are something to cherish. Yeah, yeah. That's something Period. that... Period. Uh, that's also something else. You know what I'm saying? I'm... We'll get into that later. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. We'll get it. We'll dive in. We we'll dive. dive in. But thank you guys for tuning in to our very first episode of Kale and Cognac. You're, you're. <laughs> We're excited to finally get this going. We hope you enjoy this. Mm. Is it? I don't know if it's considered a pilot episode, but we hope you enjoy this episode. Um, and definitely stay tuned. Follow our Instagram handle, Kale and Cognac. And we look forward to having you guys tune in next time. Yo, yo. See y'all later. Later. Peace. We less than hold and sign that Hancock. Then black was livestock. And you wonder why niggas is shell shocked. What the fuck you thought? This is self taught. You think not? Okay, sold on, thrown on a ship. Get the largest black man and break him down to an inch. Strip him of his name and language so his selfie forgets. If he ever stands tall, whip him till he regrets. Show the whole plantation how that black skin wealth. Now go and be a good nigga. Pay the hand you dealt. Yeah. But don't you read them cards Dangling from magnolias was the scent of God The raisin in the sun was burnt to tar And they watched, applauded, hailed and mocked With chains and locks, we bolt, they flock They sell, we shop, we buy, they rich, we not We slave, they cop, we shot, we dead We guilty, they free, we charged This shit is deadlocked The motherland got her bed rocked Cradle robbed, now the cycle goes on and on